0: Hey! Welcome back to episode 7 of Freak Like Tea. Unfortunately, in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, musicians and their crews have been completely left without their livelihoods. So don't forget that the whole point of this series is to promote to you guys watching how important it is for you to buy band merch from the bands that you love. This week's interview was with frontman and guitarist Billy Taylor of the band Diva. That's D-E-E-V-E-R, not Diva is in Drama Queen. Their debut album is titled You Need This, and trust me, you do need it. Their latest single is a cover of The Beatles' *Eleanor Rigby, and it's quite a lot heavier than the original. So even if you don't like The Beatles, like I don't, you will probably at least like this cover. So don't forget to check that out after this.
1: Like any weird snorting noises it's not me
0: yeah yeah that's what they it's were this. saying oh Just,
1: um, pig.
0: what's his pig? name she's called pig pig oh my god that's amazing <laughs> how old she
1: she will be 2 in july i think yeah okay.
0: 2 i guess it's nice to have the the company during lockdown i'd love to have a pet right now
1: oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily I'm here with my girlfriend and my stepson as well, so okay. we're, uh, we can be hermits anyway, so we're quite enjoying
0: it. <laughs> oh, lucky. So what have you been up to since you've been thrown into lockdown? What have you been doing to keep
1: yourself busy? Um, Playing guitar. Playing guitar, trying to stay in touch with everyone. Hmm. Um, me and Tommy have been throwing a lot of riffs backwards and forwards, trying to sort of make the most of being stuck inside.
0: Yeah.
1: Playing a lot of PlayStation, chilling out. Playing with the dog.
0: What kind of games have you been playing on PlayStation?
1: Uh, a lot of COD at the moment, Get my ass kicked by like 10, ten year old American kids, because I'm useless at it. Um, but yeah, COD, bit of Daisy, I love zombie stuff. so mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm a massive fan of The Walking Dead, so play a lot of Daisy and stuff like that as well.
0: Obviously, now that you can't tour, which is the main source of revenue for bands, the next best thing that people like me, fans, can do to help you out is buy merchandise, and I'm not wearing a band shirt today, but usually my common attire is is a band I shirt.
1: Letting the side down. I know, I
0: know. <laughs> It's fine, I've got plenty more in the wash. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so when you Yeah. Right, growing... I've
1: got my band merch on, this isn't mine, this is obviously Lionel Richie, but I'm yeah. a huge Lionel Richie fan, so. Okay. It's a bit off a girlfriend our her, and so she knows that I love Lionel Richie, so.
0: So what else, what other kind of stuff were you listening to growing up? Uh,
1: oh, so much. Um, Mm-hmm. when I first sort of got into music it was Guns N' Roses Guns N' Roses yeah. was the reason that I, I remember I was watching um what was it, Paradise City I saw the music video for Paradise City and I was like that's, that's what I want to do, I want to do that yeah. so then obviously I got into Guns N' Roses and ACDC and Black Sabbath and all, all sort of the generic kind of school of rock if you like going all yeah. the way through um, but then I think I must have been about 11 or 12 when I saw that Guns N' Roses video and then I kind of went down the punk, ska, rock room. Um, so I think my first gig was for a, went to see a, a ska band called Jesse James and then it was like Real Big Fish and Goldfinger, I'm a massive Goldfinger fan, um, Dropkick Murphys, all stuff like that. And then it's just gone everywhere, like one of my favourite brands is Toto, I love Lionel Richie, I mm-hmm. like Billy Joel. I listen to everything.
0: Quite eclectic then.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, my, my iTunes when it goes on shuffle is very confusing.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. It, it will
1: literally go from like Parkway Drive to Slipknot to Billy Joel, so <laughs> most people can't keep up with it.
0: Yeah, when you were growing up and you were getting into sort of rock and punk and ska, were you wearing any merchandise at all? Were you a big merch kid?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I could, because I was only really young, so... I didn't have any money. It was like Christmas. I'd try and get band t shirts So I remember I had a Goldfinger uh, band t-shirt that I used to wear all the time. Um, I'm pretty sure I had a Slipknot hoodie as well. Hoodies hoodies were, were massive. Hoodies were a big thing because we were all skaters as well. So it was like yeah, yeah. big baggy hoodies, big baggy jeans. Everybody's wearing DCs and Etnies and stuff. So I remember having like a Slipknot hoodie. Um, and I the hoodie that I always wanted was the um, Blink 182. It was just black and it was the Off Coffee Pants and Jacket one. Yeah. I never got it, but I was always jealous when I saw people wearing that one, so I remember that.
0: I'm sure you can still get it somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit late now, but yeah, maybe I should.
0: So obviously I've had a look at your own merch as well. Um, quite a lot of your brand um, is encompassing the Leviathan Cross.
1: Yeah. Which is pretty cool right. Like, yeah. Well done for spotting that and knowing what it is. We've had a few messages actually. People going that new logo, like I've seen it something like it somewhere, mm. but what 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 is it? Um somebody messaged you the other day, the Facebook page, and they were like, Oh, I've seen that logo on a book somewhere and they sent me a picture of the book mm. and it was the Leviathan Cross. Um so they were asking like where it came from and Yeah. And the thing is like I, I love all sorts of like satanic. Stuff, I just think it's really cool. I'm really fascinated by it.
0: But look, at, um, look at this
1: tattoo! Oh, yeah, that that was, that's, that's cool. That was that's my it. first
0: ever tattoo.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, I was gonna get on, on my hand, I've, I've got a skull, and it's yeah. I mean, it, all my tattoos blend into one, but there's like a sword coming down, it's the snake. And the skull, I was gonna have um, like the, uh, the, the, the satanic cross kind yeah. of pentagram scrolled into its head, but I thought i Maybe go a little bit lighter that, so it's, it's the peace symbol instead on that one, but, oh. you know, my girlfriend's got a pentagram on her palm, so <laughs> she, she's a bit more badass than I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've only got half my sleeves done at the moment. I do have plans to go all the way down and other stuff.
1: Yeah, it always starts with one little tattoo and then it's yeah. everywhere.
0: But, I mean, like, I've had my sleeves planned ever since I was, like, 12, maybe. So, but, yeah, so the Leviathan Cross, obviously, like, your music doesn't sound... Satanic. So why have you
1: specifically chosen that as your imagery? It's, I mean, I like, like I said, I'm fascinated with a lot of satanic stuff. Mm. I'm not a religious person or anything like that. Um, but I really liked, I really liked the Leviathan cross and how it looked. Mm. And And the more I looked into what it was, um, I thought it was just, you know, there's a stamp, there's a shape. It means something, but it's, it's made up of two different parts and it's, um, it's it's the upside down cross is part of it and then it's got the the sort of um infinity sign underneath yeah. and that's the bit that really caught me i thought that's actually really cool kind of if i can somehow change the upside down cross part of it and luckily our logo and the double e is yeah. already half of that i thought
0: that was pretty <laughs> cool
1: yeah not not it wasn't supposed to be it's not like i went oh let's do an upside down cross we all worship saying let's do that yeah. um it just fit really nicely on it, so I, I did like a crap job on Photoshop, and I sent it to my friend George, who's a graphic designer. And he went, "Okay, I'll do it all properly for you." Um, and it just it, it just looks really cool. Like for me, I like stuff that looks good on its own, whether you know what it is or not. Yeah. And I think with that logo, even if it meant nothing, I go, oh, "That looks pretty cool." It's just Diva Infinity Forever, yeah. basically. That's pretty
0: cool. I really want a hat. Yeah, I want the hat, but... Um, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll get you something,
0: sort Oh, thank you. I don't know if a snapback would suit me. I've got a really, really small head. Yeah. Like, I graduated uni earlier this year, and even the smallest cap size they had, they still had to clip it in, because it was...
1: <laughs> Just elastic bands, really.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Especially um your previous band was Inglorious, and you were the guitar player on that. Um, yeah. And obviously, now you're singing... So what sort of vocal influences have you had for your kind of stuff? Because the start of your album is quite, gave me kind of a muse feel and then later on more pop punk. So what kind of vocal influences have you had since becoming a
1: frontman? Um, I mean, I suppose I've always, I've always sung. Um, like before I was in that last band, I was, I've had all my own bands. I was the frontman, I was the singer for okay. a lot of them. Um, I don't think I necessarily ever took there's people that I listen to and I go oh fuck it'd be great to sound like mm-hmm. them um, like um, it might be a- an obvious one but um, Albert Bridge is one of my favourite bands so uh, Miles Kennedy is-, is an insane singer not that i have ever listened to him and gone I do I sing like that I want to sing like that because mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't and I don't want to um, but I've always kind of been, I've always gravitated towards singers who have a uniqueness to the voice. Um, people like, like Miles, not necessarily trying to copy them. Um, like Paul Rogers, if you're going down like the classic route, um, as much as I love Guns N' Roses, Axel's voice can great on me after mm. two albums, you know, um, Blasphemy. <laughs> just, just being, I mean, Appetite is one of the greatest albums yeah. ever. That's, there's no arguments for that, but, um, but yeah, I think as well, like, I really like people with, with a, a graveliness and a huskiness to their voice. Um, like Chris Daughtry was somebody who I, I used to listen to a lot, um, and, and a lot of the Daughtry stuff. Um, and, you know, people like, I suppose at the moment, I'm listening to a lot of heavier stuff. Um, my taste has got a lot heavier, but my issue is I really like super heavy music. Yeah. But I like almost pop choruses, yeah. and particularly at the moment with, with stuff that, that we're writing and I'm, I'm writing and riff-wise, it's heavy. It's really heavy. You know, when the last band I was in was classic rock. There's yeah. there's no arguments with that. The stuff that we're doing, like you said, there's a few musy kind of elements to it on the first album, and that's probably because I was listening to a lot of music at the time. Um, you know, I'm a big Shinedown fan, a big Old Bridge fan, Breaking Benjamin, all that stuff. But I've been listening to so much, like, Bear Tooth and Parkway Drive and Slipknot's new record. And Corey Taylor's voice to me is just insane. Yeah, How he does what he does in every technical element as a singer is insane. He is so good at what he does. Um, you know, a lot of people will will switch off when they hear... The sheer aggression in somebody's voice—if they're screaming it or growling or whatever—but yeah. it takes it, it takes a lot of technique to be able to do that. And Corey's voice as a singer, you can't fault it. It's it's, it's great. So at the moment, yeah, Corey Taylor's kind of somebody that I'm looking at and going, God, being able to just have that spectrum yeah. of ability would be great. Right.
0: Yeah. My dad's very much like that. He doesn't He doesn't get the shoutiness. Yeah. And for a while I was like that because I'm basically just a small female version of my dad. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But it wasn't until I did music journalism at uni that I realised that just because you don't like something doesn't mean you can't understand it.
1: Yeah, it's very easy to not like something if you don't understand it. Sometimes yeah. if you take the time to try and understand it, you then end up liking it more like yeah. when I was younger I was well into like ska punk and classic rock and you know I, I was probably guilty of going oh not listening to that it's screamo crap and now I'm like yeah that's sick that's impressive. <laughs> so, it's impressive and you know there's there's lots of elements you can pick out even if you don't like shouting or screaming in a song in quotation marks listen to the music like nine times out of ten anything that's going down that route the technical ability and in, in some of the stuff is uh, like i've been listening to a band um a scottish band called uh, bleed from within and it's heavy but musically you sit and you watch every single player in that band particularly the drummer and you go jesus christ these are talented people yeah. and i think if, if you don't understand and you're kind of blinded by oh shabby screaming you you never see all that
0: So on the complete opposite spectrum of that, your latest single is a cover of The Beatles' Eleanor Rigby. Um, You've been quoted as saying that's your favourite Beatles song.
1: Why is it my favourite Beatles song? Um, I think possibly because it's it's particularly original. The uh, there was part of me when we were kind of talking about doing it where I thought we we really need to get that violin kind of quartet thing at the beginning it just doesn't sound like unless it's played on violins Mm. and that was one of the initial things that grabbed me with the song when I first heard it and I think to me it's one of my favourite ones because it's so it is quite dark it's quite a dark particularly for the Beatles Um, and I know that other bands have covered it and and stuff like that I think Thrice did a version of it Um, and people have tried doing it and I just wanted to to do something very differently absolutely We've always said as a band, and you know, I've been in bands with Phil for years, we've always said, if you're going to do a cover, then do your version of it, do something different with it. Um, you'll never do it the same as the original, no matter how good you are. Yeah. So particularly, I mean, if you're an original band, yeah, if you're a cover band, obviously try and replicate as much as you want. But, uh, but yeah, I think for me, it was just, it's quite a dark song. And when, as I was playing it, Kind of made sense to do that. Um, I couldn't imagine us sitting and playing, you know, love, love me, doing stuff like that. It's, <laughs> it wouldn't quite say She disagrees as well. Um, it just wouldn't work. So I don't know. I think maybe because it's quite a dark song, um, yeah. and it works, in my opinion, in our opinion, so well in our style.
0: Beatles is a bit too soft for me. So when I heard your cover of it, that obviously has completely changed the way i look at that song like i wouldn't have yeah. given it a second listen if i'd heard the original but like you say because oh, it is oh, yeah, a dark yeah. song and it goes with the way you guys play it i think
1: yeah no, that's that's really cool to hear i, that's, I mean that's kind of there, there was maybe an element in in we were maybe thinking of that as mm. we were redoing it certainly for me like i've, I've done a couple of covers I, I did a few covers last year um and put some like acoustic versions of stuff on youtube and that was my exact thing and i did a slipknot cover um i did before i forget but acoustic and i wanted to do it one because obviously i love slipknot but two i thought there's so many people that would just never listen to slipknot purely on the mention of the name it's slipknot they they don't know the guy shouty screaming bollocks and and it worked you know i i did this cover completely acoustically, rewrote it, re-kind yeah. re- of jigged all the vocals so that it was all sound put it on YouTube, didn't really think much of it, and so many people were listening to it going, is this, is this a Slipknot song? i know like, yeah, it is, and they're going, do you know what, I would, I would never ever listen to Slipknot, but that, you can now appreciate the song, you know, yeah. you can appreciate the lyrics of the song, even if you don't like the tune, you know, so, it's cool that you said that about about the the rugby song as well, it's it's cool to kind of open a few doors for
0: people you know yeah exactly um, one of your other songs Only Enemy you've mentioned that it's about social media presence um, and sort of not letting it dictate your whole life but obviously now that everyone's in lockdown this is all we've got now at the moment for communication yeah. so how do you think this is playing its part during lockdown for music
1: um, I mean we've to Only Enemy the to social media for that is the negative side of it. There's this obviously positive sides to social media. The connectivity you can like we can have we've never met, yet we can have an yeah. interview face to face and we can talk about stuff, connect. Social media's great for that. Um, without the enemy it's more the case of falling into, you know, these massive caverns that you can do of comparing your worst bits almost to everybody else's shiny bits that they put on their home page and they go, oh, look what I'm doing here, look what I'm doing there, and you're constantly trying to keep up and It's happened to so many people. You know, I, I got rid of my, my Instagram a long time ago just because that's how I was feeling. Yeah. Uh, but now, like you said, we're all stuck at home, we're all in lockdown. I think everybody's kind of realising that A lot of it is bullshit anyway. You know, we're all sitting in our pants, not really brushing our teeth, and watching Netflix all day. That's everybody's doing the same thing now because we have to. Um, But you know, people are on Zoom. You know, I've uh, i got a house party and we we FaceTime friends and stuff like that. It's there's a lot more positivity at the moment, I think, from the social media side of stuff than usual. And I don't know. Maybe that's because we can't all be out pretending to do stuff that we're yeah. not really doing.
0: So do you? So a lot of bands at the moment obviously are utilising um, the internet with Facebook Live stuff. So do you guys have anything planned to keep people entertained online?
1: Yeah, so I mean, we've been contacted by quite a few people. Um, everybody's doing Facebook Live. Yeah. Everyone, every time I go on Instagram, there's three or four people on the, you know, on the band account that are just doing live things, so it's great, it's cool, and I think it's a, it was a unique way of kind of, yeah. you know, getting stuff out there. However, it is extremely saturated at the moment of everybody going live, so you've got to pick your mind, you've got to pick your time, you've got to have something that, that isn't just you sitting there going, uh, I'll just wait for a few more people to come on, yeah. um, <laughs> how is everybody... <laughs> You yeah, know, you don't want the awkward science. But we have been contacted by quite a few people, um, a couple of, of of pages and companies who who want us to do that kind of through their page. Um, so, yeah, we've, we're thinking about it. We certainly will. I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't. But for us, we're using the internet at the moment and the time that we've got to write ideas, get stuff down. We want to get new stuff out. Um, and while we're all kind of stuck not being able to physically go places and be distracted if you like. Yeah. Uh, we just want to write, and we want to get the new stuff ready to go so that when we can eventually get back out, there's stuff there, you know. Yeah, of course.
0: And then you can go on tour
1: with it and it'll be great. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, like I said, we said, we had, like everybody else, we've had gigs and we had a whole tour cancelled in May yeah. uh, with Rocket Dolls, which, which is a shame, but Everybody's in the same boat, you know, all of my mates are creative people, whether they're in bands or whether they're, you know, lighting engineers front various sound engineers, yeah. everybody's had their work just gone. So we're all in the same boat, you know, I think there's, there's a mass kind of understanding at the moment between a lot of us, which is nice.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, something I have been talking to musicians about is obviously... The whole idea of, like you say, like Facebook Live at the moment is now saturated because there's so much content now And for me, I, not a lot of people my age will buy physical CDs anymore Like yeah, there's a resurgence of vinyl, but a lot of it is through Spotify Which obviously you don't get as much revenue for that, people will just listen to maybe one song rather than an album from A to Z So now that people have so much more time on their hands how do you think fans are going to be utilising this time to maybe have more respect for the music that they're listening to rather than just that one song that they might like?
1: Um, I mean, it it would be, it would be great if people, because I mean, I'm I'm good of it as well, I'll I'll go on Apple Music or Spotify and I'll just listen to one song that I really want to listen to and, and then I'll be on to something else. Um, or what I do and I think the majority of people now is it's all about playlists. Yeah. You listen to a playlist. You know, I'll I'll listen to um, the the Breaking Hard Rock playlist a lot on Apple Music. I'll go on Spotify and, and listen to other playlists. Um, that's what everybody does, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you there's a lot of music that you're probably going to like compiled in one place from lots of different people. Uh, um, but it would be cool if, if... I think generally people who aren't musicians or people who haven't made records themselves... Um, don't understand as much What goes into making an album um, You know the, the hours that you can spend Trying to decide just what order you want the songs to go in Or if there is a yeah, If there is a general feel or story Throughout an album Or You know you, you, you go back to um, Appetite or you go back to like early Well I was going to say mock But anybody's earlier albums where Not everybody could make a record You know there was a lot of thought And there was a lot of time and a lot of money that went into it and you could only buy the album, therefore you... I still remember going and buying a CD because I wanted one song on it. You don't have to do that anymore, you just mm-hmm. get it on iTunes or whatever. So it would be cool if people could maybe sit down and listen to stuff as the artist intended in terms of the whole album. Yeah. But to be honest, I, I don't see that happening just because everything's obtainable like that now and it's not anybody's fault, it's just the way it is. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. not sure it
0: I've got a, um, one of my mates from my old job, she's... so I'm 22, she's 16, she just works as a Saturday girl, and I have got her into rock and metal, and she's just like this mini version of me now, like she's been listening to albums from start to finish and she's been picking up these little nuances in songs and I'm like, there oh,
1: is hope yeah. yet. <laughs> do you feel like a proud mum. Yeah, I do. <laughs> do <laughs> Um, Um,
0: So, last question, are there any new up and coming bands that you've been listening to that you think other people should go and check out?
1: uh, Oh god, Um, me and Tommy went and checked out a band called Palmist just before lockdown. Those guys are really cool. Um, I personally, they're not necessarily new, but they've been newish for me is I've been listening to so much Beartooth. Like me and my girlfriend just love putting it on and cranking it. They're
0: so good. Um, Yeah, I got my... um, I'm currently isolating with my uncles in the countryside, um, and I've recently just gotten them into Steel Panther. Steel Panther? Yeah, we had a very interesting night the other night when I was playing them all the music videos.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, I could go on for days about that. Those are some of the nicest guys that I've ever met. You know, I I spent quite a bit of time on the road with them, and every time they come over, I see them... um, I took Tommy a few months ago to go and meet them. Yeah. It's it's funny listening to their stuff because I was a fan of them in college, you mm-hmm. know. So so I'd listen to them then, and we'd, we'd go, "God, this stuff's really funny." But oh my god, the guitarist is insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now when I'm listening to them, you know, it's I know what they're like in person too. So it's really it can be really weird, kind of knowing what they're like because there are elements of them still within their characters as well you know yeah i, I, I don't just... want to ruin magic for anyone <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's it's funny certainly seeing people's reactions first reactions to listening to their stuff
0: yeah i feel like i have to do a backstory about them before i introduce people to them just to prepare yeah. them yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, my stepson's seven this year, so he's still too young for us to be, uh, to be blasting Steel Panther out, so any time they come on, I've got to be like, let next.
0: Yeah, I took the, um, girl I was just talking about before, I took her to her first ever concert back in February, and it was Steel Panther. And I'll that was her first up, one. Her first ever concert, yeah, and she's in Jersey, so I'll never forget, I had to ask her parents, obviously, for their permission to take her with me, but that's uh, really, that it better than i thought it was going to be they didn't really bat an eyelid they were just like oh that'd be amazing she's gonna absolutely love that
1: so they definitely didn't check what the band were like
0: (laughs) they did right oh my god she nearly had a heart attack thankfully they chose a live video to watch instead of a music video because the first music video that comes up on youtube is glory Yeah. But obviously the song they open with is Eyes of a Panther, so they chose a live
1: show. Yeah, that's that's one of the more tame ones, I think, isn't it? Yeah, so exactly. That's...
0: They didn't get further through that, so thankfully we were safe. Oh, no,
1: man. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty cool first gig. That, that's a cool, I remember my first gig, like I said, was a some punk band called Jesse James. I think it was at Newcastle University, but not even in like a big room. It was, it was almost like a bar. Yeah,
0: my first uh, gig was Bon Jovi when I was nine. Think it was, bon Jovi? Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's pretty
1: good. I'll tell you what, actually. I think technically my first gig... I didn't know anything about music at the time, so I was like, hey. But I accidentally saw Def Leppard. How
0: did you so accidentally was, see Def Leppard?
1: I was <laughs> on holiday, I think. My dad didn't know this until I was like, way older. My dad told me, I was like, oh yeah, we saw Def Leppard. They were playing in some big, kind of open park in Texas okay. when we were on holiday. So technically that might have be been my first, but I didn't yeah. have a clue what was going on. Yeah, I've got the
0: same, like, yeah, I saw Bon Jovi, but... I saw Iron Maiden when I was 11
1: with my dad. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. They, I they remember made that. One of my big uh, influences. I think that was when my dad played me Number of the Beast, yeah. the record. That was when I was like, oh, shit. My dad actually likes cool music. <laughs>
0: yeah. I remember, so my parents have been married and divorced twice. And now they're both with different people. But yeah. the second time they got back together, my dad moved all of his stuff in. I'll never forget just the image of Eddie used to terrify the shit out of me. until I went on the computer one day and put the headphones in and the Live at Donington CD was playing. And the actual, the first Iron Maiden song I ever heard was Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter.
1: Right, yeah, And I remember
0: thinking, oh, this is actually really cool. And then I took it out the disc drive and saw the front of it and I was like, oh shit, I actually really like (laughs) (laughs) this.
1: It's it's that moment where you kind of switch and you're in this little battle of parents aren't supposed to be cool, but that was actually quite cool, I don't know how to compute this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it was absolutely lovely talking to you. Thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate no, thank it. you. Thank you for uh, for checking in. It's really cool, and I'll I'll try and sort you a hat out or something. I would love it. I'll that. see if we get a
0: really tiny one, Maze. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I've got such a tiny head. Follow Diva on Instagram and Twitter at ThisIsDiva and Facebook at Diva. Go to www.diva.uk for merchandise. Follow Freak on Instagram at FreakJazz666, Twitter at FreakMag666 facebook at freak magazine and subscribe on youtube don't forget you can also contact me via social media or email me at jasmine.lammy at gmail.com for any and all interview and review requests